Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work, work. My name's Lincoln and I'm joined by Sally from our Adelaide office. For people listening who don't know the story behind the name of the podcast, Article 23 refers to an article in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And one of the things that's part of that Article 23 is the right to just and favourable conditions at work. And part of that is how do we make sure that everyone feels safe and heard? And this is particularly relevant today because it is Are You OK Day? And that shapes part of our approach to this conversation. How do we have the conversations that matter, the tough, complicated, honest conversations that really make a difference in creating a safe workplace environment? I have a background as a teacher in project management and in storytelling, and clear, frank communication has always been key to getting the best outcomes. And I'm excited to talk to you today, Sally, because your work in change, the review process, in complaints handling and management in many contexts, including in emergency services, means that you're definitely gonna have some practical insights that'll be great to hear. I have a question to get us started. What do you see as some of the most foundational things to a good conversation? Oh, I love it. Uh, foundational things. To me, it's about knowing the person. You understand how they work, you understand who they are, what might be happening in their lives. And it's about being able to connect with them and actually ask them some simple questions quite often, you know, to listen to how they're going and what they're saying back to you, and then encouraging people to feel like they can be safe and respected in, in, a, in a workplace or even at home. I love all of that. And I'm going to add in that we also want to make people feel like they can ask us those questions too, that it's a reciprocal relationship. Oh, absolutely. And it's about having some rapport that you can ask someone, how are you? How was your weekend? And the other person says, oh, mine was fine or it wasn't quite so fine. And then saying how, the, how you got on. So absolutely, the conversations are natural and they should happen regularly. When you talk about it in the workplace and things like complaints and culture, you only ever get complaints if you've got things that aren't quite working as well in your organisation or in that culture. You know, it's, it's really rare if you've got such a positive, vibrant culture that you would get people complaining or you need to have those difficult conversations. And some of that comes back to the fundamental basics about what is it that you're setting up in that organisation or that business that actually feed through to how people behave or how they look out for each other in an organisation. So our values and what those values look like on a day-to-day -day basis um, how we have conversations about those values. And if somebody perhaps isn't quite living up to the values, what does that look like? And so it's about having that regular feedback, that regular rapport, that regular conversations. While we uh, partnered on the Happy Worker Report and we looked at that purpose, agency, um, and those relationships. And it's those relationships in a workplace that are the thing that really, really, really matters and is really, really important to people. The Are You Okay? guidelines around the four steps to have a conversation, asking the question, obviously listening to the answer, encouraging action, and then that last step of checking in, I think really speaks to what you're talking about, that it's, it's something that happens every day. Have you noticed in your experiences with different organisations, different businesses, 
that when a workplace supports the regular check-in and the ongoing conversation, that there tends to be less escalation within those workplaces? Absolutely. If you're having those regular check-ins, and and regular feedback within and around different teams and a whole organisation, the little issues that sometimes can crop up can be dealt with immediately. So quite often when you see complaints, it comes comes about through sort of communication where there's been a miscommunication of some sort, somebody's used the wrong word, or, you know, perhaps they've bantered and typed out an email without really thinking about how that could be interpreted by the other person, things like that. And so quite often what you find is there's almost a a tit for tat process that can happen. And in some um, complaints and some that I've been involved in, even you go all the way back to the fundamental point at which things started to break down, it is more often than not some breakdown of communication. It's different for things like sexual harassment because sexual harassment is very much up the end of that spectrum of of inappropriate behaviours. But quite often when we look at conflict or um, even sometimes bullying, it comes down to communication that, didn't quite land where the person actually thought it would land and and what you see is you see people really dwelling on words and quite often um, what you find is they never intended to say that and that they'd actually intended to say something completely completely different and they're usually pretty um, aghast that they've upset the person sometimes when it breaks down is when they don't have those conversations or they fester you know, and you, you sometimes get an email war going off. And, you know, when you said this and people start documenting lots of things and it's a really unhealthy environment to be in when you start to get into that. And that has a, a really profound effect on your mental health and well-being as well, because as much as we think that we can leave our work at work and then we go home and we all have happy, wonderful lives. If you're not doing so well or traveling so well at work, it always ends up back in your your home or your family life or your personal life. There's always some kind of knock-on effect. I think it's such a good point that while we think we can leave work at work, it's difficult to do that at the best of times. And I think in this moment where we're working more from home or more remotely, more flexibly, we've got our workplace on our phone, which is in our pocket, in our bag, the idea of leaving work at work is becoming really difficult. What's a success story, Sally? What's a time where you've seen a fractured team and through conversation and honesty and authenticity, it's gotten better? So I'm going to tell you a really good example um, from a team that I worked with a number of years ago. The team that they had, they, they really didn't work well together. They didn't engage together. They would sort of bicker little jabs and little words vibed at each other and you know so it was it was actually about bringing them together to find out how they like to work how they like to communicate with each other and and what are those boundaries and those key things that really really mattered to them in the roles that they were doing and the jobs that they were doing and what we found was it's actually very simple things to change for example some of it was actually about process And so actually streamlining some of those processes and about the mechanisms that the information moved between people. The other way was actually talking about the language that they were using. So there were different cohorts with different styles. So actually trying to find a common language and a common, what we call a playbook about how they actually engage and work with each other. 
and then documenting that and actually keeping people to account. So they co-created it and built that together about here's our ways of working, here's how we're going to communicate with each other, and then actually committing to that and coming back to that regularly. So in team meetings and things like that. So rather than just a few people trying, it was the whole team built the way that they would actually work and communicate together. It can be really tricky when you're building those ways together because you've got to go through a little bit of a prickly patch. You've got to walk across the cactus and, you know, pull out all the things that are actually hurtful and painful for people. But coming out the other side, it had a really, really positive impact. And the team really became much more cohesive. They found more and more things in common with each other. I love that, Sally. So what's the first step? What is the first conversation that gets the ball rolling in order to take the thorns out and make it easier for everyone to walk through that workplace? How do you start? You gotta call the elephant out in the room. <laughs> you actually have to say, we can see there is something going on here, or we can see that there's a feeling of X and actually calling out the emotion that's attached to the situation. So nothing to do with the fault or blame, but calling out what the impact is and then using that emotion as part of the journey to say, you're feeling upset and you're feeling angry about it now. We wanna get you to a place where you feel happy, content and you can thrive. And so it's about listening really actively to what is being said back to you and also reading the body language. There will always be things that are like triggers for some people, um, some words, it might be just phrases or it could be other people's impacts and other people's words on that. So it's also about listening intently and actually trying to keep it de-escalated as much as you can. But along that journey, you're also looking about different action and actually making sure there's some responsibility and accountability for that action. Um, if you have only one or two people, for example, that are in that conversation and they're not, they're not even willing to join in to do something differently, you know, inevitably, it's going to make that very much harder. I, I guess one of the other things is um, whenever you manage a complaint, you always get to the end piece. But it's also really, really important to check in. Um, and particularly if it's a significant complaint of some sort, it's really checking in both with a complainant and also a respondent to see how they're traveling. Because just because something's happened and there's been an outcome from a complaint, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually in a really good space straight away and it can still take time. So it's also about wrapping support around people when they're going through a tricky situation or a complaint process. So not just at the very beginning and not just for a victim, but it's for all people involved in that um, because the impact is really, really overwhelming on not just the people involved, but also the team as well. And I also want to pick up on something you said earlier too, which is it can be one word, one phrase that can unsettle somebody. And we don't know any individual's full history, how their experiences in the past are affecting their present. And it happens for each and every one of us. I know that I can hear things or see things that remind me of experiences in the past and I bring the emotions or the memories, the colors of the past into the present moment. And sometimes that's useful because human instinct says, oh, I've seen something before, I know how to respond. And at other times we're layering it with something that isn't actually happening in the present moment. I think that's such a good point that you make that we need to go, ah, maybe it's something really small 
accidental, unintended, that someone has misinterpreted because we don't know what it means for them. And I think that's one of the benefits of Are You OK? It's a really simple phrase, easy to remember, and something that we can use in many, many situations. So you can use it in um, you know, a workplace conflict, or you can use it if you see someone upset, or you can just see um, on a day-to-day basis, are you okay? How are you traveling? And to follow the question with deep listening, to say, okay, maybe I'm gonna hear an answer that I don't like. Maybe I'm gonna hear an answer that I don't understand. Maybe I'm gonna hear an answer that is going to take more time than I thought. And I need to be prepared to give it that time because that small moment, that small question, that small revelation could have a huge impact later on if you don't make the time to really listen and engage with it in that moment. We're not asking people to be experts in everything. Bear in mind that if someone came to you and said, you know, I'm not okay, um, and, it's, and it's about an area that's completely out of your, your experience and your knowledge, it's okay to say to them, I can see that it's upsetting you. I don't know if I have those answers, but I'm here to listen and then we'll navigate through this together. Mm. So it's, it's also very fair to say, I don't have all the answers, but it is about showing support. It is about listening and trying to encourage action and respect that whilst their issue, sometimes it, you might not feel like it's a major issue to you. It's actually their issue. And for them at that point in time it's the biggest issue that they have and it's impacting on them so it's not for us as the receiver of that to judge and equally if somebody has a complex life they may not bring it to the workplace to share you've just got to listen and and be respectful and the judgment doesn't help if what we want at the end of the day is to help each other get the job done The judgment of someone's personal situation or what they might be dealing with that day doesn't actually solve the problem. Even if you feel completely justified in going, snap out of it, it's not a big deal, everything's going to be okay. In that moment, they may not see that bigger picture. And what they need is someone to listen to them. When I've blown something out of proportion and someone tells me that's not a big deal, often the problem is that we're saying snap out of it, snap out of it, snap out of it, but that never helps me snap out of it. No, it, it doesn't really, does it? So you actually just, sometimes you just want to, somebody to listen and you, you quite often can process it yourself as well. You're like, hang on, thank you for listening. I think I've worked out the way forward for myself as well, just by having that active listening person somewhere there. And then if, if I've had someone chatting to me and, and telling me something that's going on with them, it's always about checking back in, you know, and, and, and it can be as simple as a text. How are you doing? How's today going for you? Or, you know, it could be a full conversation for hours, but it's about just checking back in. Sally, thank you so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lincoln. It's been a pleasure. The sign-off from all of us here at Moi is a big Moi from us. Thank you for listening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this podcast. And we hope that you're travelling okay, and that if you're not, you can reach out to find the help that you need. Sally, thanks again, and I look forward to talking with you in the future. Thanks, Lincoln.